We're in. And we're back. Did you miss us? This is the fastest turnaround, actually. The last one was one month. This one was like 48 hours. That sound you hear is me patting myself on the back for a good job of showing up here today to record (laughs) another episode. Dan, the fact that we actually rented this equipment for like one whole week, we had to get in the second one to make it worth it. And now we're ramping up our production. Look, we even have a guest with us today. Yo, yo. What's going on? Well, it's... Who are you? Who are you? <laughs> yeah, I probably should introduce myself first, right? Uh, wait, so is this, is this all anonymous? Like, or is all our listeners, like our friends and family, do they, they already know who I am? Or? I feel like you like to think they're your friends. But uh, okay. <laughs> whether or not they listen, you know, that determines whether they're a real friend. Yeah. Well, Call well. you out, JC. <laughs> Damn it, uh, JC. Did you listen to a podcast yet? Damn it. I don't think so. Well, no. Um, you know, thank you guys for uh, inviting me to this podcast. I thought the first one was really good, by the way. I really enjoyed it at work. Oh, I live in Hong Kong, for those that are, uh, don't know who I am. But, well, our uh, guest is Stefan. Uh, Steven. I realized you rebranded yourself by you know, changing your name to like F-A-N at the end instead of P-H-E-N. This, well, is, this reminds me of the rebrand of Steve Urkel. When he like walked into that machine and it became Stefan instead of Steve Urkel. Well, I was told the name Stefan is more European, so it's a little bit more sexy for the ladies. So, so from now on, I'm I'm known as uh, Stefan. And what else are you doing as European? <laughs> can't can't say it. Can't say it. Uh, but no, yeah, I know this is going to be fun. You guys are very legit with this equipment that you're renting. <laughs> <laughs> we always say money's going up, not, money's not coming in. We need we need sponsors. How about how about you, you tell us about your blog? No, no, let's let's keep that off limit for now. Come on, we got to start this whole media conglomerate. <laughs> so we got the podcast arm, we got the blog arm. You know what else? We got to have like merchandise now. Oh, speaking of blog, you're supposed to guest blog for me as well. What happened to that? Well, uh, one foot before the other. So you come <laughs> on our podcast, then we return the favor. There's no Done. money changing hands here. Done. Yeah. Ah, Just exchanging yeah. services to each other. I know how, how bad that sounds, but <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I I don't have much topics. But what do you guys have? Do you guys want to start off, or I thought oh, you, you guys want to introduce? You guys should introduce yourselves first, right? Yeah, I, okay. I think we got some listener feedback that we uh, we, we haven't really introduced ourselves uh, at all. Uh, so I guess we assume that most of our friends know us by now uh, and our, our idiotic opinions. Um, but uh, maybe I'll go first. Uh, I'm Andrew. Uh, I am. Living in Canada, in Toronto. <laughs> I don't know what else I could say about myself that won't What's your me. hobby? What's your hobby? What's my hobby? My hobby's podcasting. Mm. Um, <laughs> that's a good answer. Podcast yeah. listening, podcast creating. Yeah, I really pimp out that, that uh, podcast life right now. I spend most of my time sitting on transit, listening to podcasts, thinking about podcasts, and dreaming about podcasts. You know, so. That's I'm, cool. I'm a big sports fan. Oh, who's your favorite team? What's your favorite team? Um, sadly, up until now, the Leafs. So now they're having some success, so I now feel good. I don't feel like, you know, jumping off a bridge every year. <laughs> yeah. How about, like, uh, what do you do? You want to get into what you do? Uh, I work in the IT sector. Uh in marketing services. Oh, marketing. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Well, I want to be very, very careful. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not be too specific. But, yeah, I guess, like, my name's Lincoln. 
which kind of makes sense now, right? The LA podcast. We couldn't come up with a better name. I did not know that. I want to know why your initial <laughs> came first. Yeah, exactly. The A the AL podcast sounds kind of weird. Why? Like, I don't know. Does it sound better? What well, what has a better ring to it? Neither, of them, neither of them have a better ring to it. We hey, just lack the creativity. Hey, to go I, I I asked you first. I'm like, hey, what do you want to call it? We we were pretty quiet. Producer Nick didn't say anything, so you know, I decided to just throw it out there because I just want to get this podcast up on, you know, on the interwebs. Well, maybe we can ask our listener to see what a better name might be, since they're all full of some useful feedback. <laughs> I mean, people's like a couple of them were saying we need a new intro song. Yeah. Again, we we don't want to pay for music rights, so you have to pay if you use like right now on on SoundCloud. I'm thinking that eventually we might hit triple digits in overall listening and then somehow somewhere they're gonna come and say hey we want royalties for you using a 10 second clip of our music mm-hmm. all of a sudden we gotta pay bob dylan or somebody like royalties mm-hmm. for using their music on our podcast yeah but i guess you know if we're not making money we, we can totally use it right Anyways, you were introducing yourself before we went off on a wild tangent. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, my name's Lincoln. Born and raised in, in Toronto. Probably won't give too much information. Don't want you to hack me. feel like we would talk a lot about these AI stuff. We make it sound like we're all smart and tech savvy, but really we're not. Uh, but, yeah, Leafs, everything Toronto related, minus Toronto Argonauts. <laughs> That's about it. But how, okay. yeah. And, and what do you do? I'm an accountant. <laughs> Are you the type of accountant? Boring. That's like a secret agent. Like it's funny because like Stefan is like an accountant <laughs> as as well. Boring as well. I'm like uh, was it Ben Affleck and the accountant? Yeah. That's right. That's what I dream of. But no. Are you also Batman on the side, just like Ben Affleck as well? <laughs> no, I might be a lot of things, Ben Affleck, but <clears throat> Batman and. That role in accountants definitely not it. Yeah, well, that's your intros. Yeah, that's pretty. Don't know why we we let you talk us into introducing ourselves, but you're our guest. Make it sound like you're you're doing the interview. <laughs> so I'm interviewing you guys. Yeah. Like, All right. Cool. Cool. Well. Okay. So I'll start off then. About, unless you guys have some topics. No, no. We're doing this for you. Oh, so it's literally you guys have nothing prepared, and I'm just. We're going to edit this part out. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, today is the 31st of December. It's the last day of 2017. So, you know, just wondering, you, know, you guys want to do a year in review, what your thoughts were for 017, your your highs and lows, you know, your experience for the podcast, you know, your, your total episodes of what, three? This is the third one, you know, what do you guys think? So you want a year in review of our previous two episodes and your life you know ups and downs i'm interested because i i'm living in hong kong so i don't get to see these guys no much. why don't why don't you tell us about your life you know what what brings you back to toronto no i'll tell you guys if you guys tell me you guys go first i'm interviewing you guys i mean we, we have lots of episodes to go where we can <laughs> talk about this but for you you know well well toronto is my home so i come back every year that's that's no you come back surprise. like three times a year actually. exactly so that's no no surprise and um, i see you more than i see members of my own family Seriously. That, that, that's good to know. That's it's not good to know. <laughs> but, uh, no, no, I haven't been home for New Year's in a while, so 
looking forward to the party tonight at Hugo's. Yeah. Can uh, I get drunk? I heard you're not going to drink tonight, so. Drink a little bit. Gotta be, you know. Yeah. So. But yeah, year end review. Let's do that. That's pretty easy to talk about. Can't really remember anything, actually. Why is that? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Are you doing most of your time? <laughs> it kind of relates back to, like, the same stuff we always talk about. Or, like, the last two podcasts talking about, like, you know. Or close to it, like media and all that, how everything's just kind of like a flash in a pan. Mm. Like, when you look back, like, the Las Vegas shooting was, what, maybe two months ago? Yeah. Mm. And two, it, three months ago? Yeah, it feels like half a year ago or a full year ago. Yeah, there's so many things coming out every single day. I mean, just today, there was a, a shooting in Colorado, and a, and a bunch of officers got shot, and some bystanders probably got shot. And, you know, every day, there's some instance of, some major news coming out it seems like i can't pinpoint anything you remember when columbine happened in uh, 99 like that was a a marking event Mm -hmm. the fact that it actually created like all these news stories and then it created uh movies or documentaries about it but now can you really just pick one event and focus on it when there's an event every day yeah i mean what's big like donald trump got in in the office this year, mm-hmm. you're you want to talk about Brexit? Brexit, I do want to talk about Brexit. That's a good good uh, leeway to Brexit. Was the Hong Kong yellow umbrella thing this year or was it last year? That was like many years ago. Oh really? That was many years ago. <clears throat> the Hong Kong one, but um, yeah, no, I think seventeen. Yeah, just a lot of stuff happened, right? The yo, whole sexual bro, assault. You got talked into the mic. Oh, sorry, I was looking on at my laptop. I was trying to look for news for today, but you, like you said. The police officers being shot in Colorado. Yeah. Um, just, the, yeah. The biggest story of the year is most likely this whole sexual assault. Uh, yes. The Harvey Weinstein, the hashtag Me Too. Yeah. But, um, yeah. yeah. I, I have comments on that. All right, but I don't know if right, I'm going to offend some of our female <laughs> listeners, but. Let's go. You know, it just seems like every every other week there's this new accuser, you know, of, of sexual harassment accusations and. And to a certain point, it seems like, you know, are they just doing it for the money, the fame? Like, yeah, I don't know, right? Like, uh, why, why do you take so long to come out is my, was my feedback. I mean, it could, yeah. be, it could be that happened, uh, but... I'm, I'm not touching that. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like we've always been hinting on touch, hitting some subject where it's got to be iffy. This and is it. This is it. <laughs> but yeah, like, no, I agree with you. It's like the whole, you know, like the rape victim is it the rape rape mentality right now where everyone takes the position of like you know takes the side of the person that calls rape but it really kind of undermines the real victim that actually experienced it yeah exactly but i have to think the majority the vast majority of these uh these claims are true and you know maybe one out of you know a hundred or whatever might be false you know but I think the majority of them seem like they're true and I'm it's very hard to be it's very hard to be victim blaming. True. Like it's a good point. Yeah. And then in this kind of circumstance it's better to take the side of the victim. Mm-hmm. But, you know, eventually I think we were talking about this before and saying how some of these actresses mm-hmm. probably knew what they were doing in a sense and 
yeah, they got taken advantage of, but they knew what the trade-off was, and it got them to where they are, right? Maybe some of them won't come out and say it, but... Yeah, so but so that to that point, it's a good point. So I'm not saying... I'm pretty sure like most of them are probably valid, right? But what I really want to understand more is why did it take those ladies so long to actually come out? Is it because you know, they feel pressured um, by their male counterparts? Do you think that they think they're going to be affected by their careers? I think part of it is the fear of retribution. Like you, something happened to you, you've been keeping it secret all this time and you've been prominent in that industry. All of a sudden you, if you release that information, you think that you're the only one and you become some sort of like untouchable pariah in the industry where, you know, no one wants to offer you a job or work with you because you know, you're going to, you're going to say, make some claims about them or whatever. Mm-hmm. What's that word? Like, uh, is that martyr? Is that what it is? The first person that kind of like almost like self-sacrifices their own career just to come out and put it up. I think you could use that term. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I feel, yeah, it's almost like a flight gate, right? Like this hashtag me too. That's a big thing. Cause then it makes everyone feel comfortable to come out like I was listening to this other podcast about Terry Crews and saying how he's actually afraid that his career is over because he came out and actually stood up for mm-hmm. it as well and for him he's actually one of the you know first you know male actors that kind of stood up and said like hey you know like there's all these producer or big name or people in power that's actually like tried to take advantage of them before too and it's not just like females right but mm-hmm. at the same yeah, time yeah, I can see the way they're saying, like, a more established actress can come out and, and say all this stuff, and it's not, never going to affect them, right? Versus someone that's just starting off. Right. And I think the thing about Terry Crews in particular is that not only uh, was he a male, he's also a person of color as well. And it's, like, double jeopardy for him, like, double dangerous for him to to come out just because, like, it's it's not just him against an accuser it's also you know he's a black man in in hollywood and his opportunities might dry up completely if he were to mess with the wrong people essentially yeah especially also because he's a like ripped guy he's all in these like tough guy roles or these macho roles and all of a sudden he comes out and says you know someone sexually assaulted him that might be the end of his career yeah i mean it's it's almost like whistleblowing, right? Where they say like, oh, companies encourage whistleblowing, but really they don't because then it's like a double-edged sword. Or, all right, cool, you, you're telling me someone's not doing it correctly, but at the same time, it's like, I can't trust you. If I'm, try, if I'm running a company and if you want to do everything by the books, yeah, I can't trust this employee because they're going to turn around and then wrap me out. Yeah, it's just, it's kind of sad if we're like living in, 2017. Oh, it's a good rap. So we're heading to 2018 and we're still facing these issues in society. So it's, yeah, I don't know. I just wonder how the climate in all these industries uh, is going to change going into the, like, the next uh, few years because now all of this behind the scenes stuff, you have to think, is not going to be happening anymore. So how is that going to change how deals are made or how interactions are made in the workplace in upcoming? Well, even like, yeah, when, when you're talking about like deals and interaction and stuff and you're saying about how it's so sad that in 2018 or t- going into 2018 that society's still like this. But really, when you look at it, 
changes are, you don't expect changes to happen right away. We can't look back on, you know, we know what's happening now. It's probably happened many years before. And the first step of like changing is acknowledging and which has actually happened. And that's, that's all we can ask for, right? Someone to come out and then be able to be brave enough to say, hey, this is happening to me, you know, you know, shine a light on something like this. Like as corny as it sounds, you know, people always say like, oh, you can't kill darkness without light, right? So when you actually shine a light on the so- subject, then it's actually going to co- create discussion, like discussion amongst us. Like sometimes we're not right about it. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't agree with everyone coming out or stepping up and, and saying it. But at the same time, you know, we acknowledge the fact that this has actually happened. Agree? Yeah, I, I, I agree with that point. I think this kind of thing is really how certain business transactions are, are, are done. This is how deals typically are made and it's on both sides as well. Like if you think about, for example, uh, pharmaceutical companies trying to sell their, their products to doctors and they take them out for like dinners, they buy them gifts, you know, the, the, the pharmaceutical rep will get, get the doctor alone in the room and then, you know, start rubbing their leg and saying, you know what, like, I'd really like it if you, you know, prescribed a few more of my products, right? That kind of stuff is how basically deals are made uh, behind the scenes. Not, not in all the cases, but you have to think that stuff is happening. And now that you can't, you can't do that anymore. Like your, your career could quite possibly end just because of that. Mm. Like there's, there's, there's almost no one that you could trust at this point. And I think the good of the situation kind of outweighs that change in the way business is going to be done going forward. Yeah, that's, that's pretty much how it is. Like you, you've been in Asia enough. You, you, the type of work that you do brings you to like different cultures and have you seen how different culture, different societies like act, right? It might, you might think from like a Western American kind of thinking and you go to say the Middle East and you're dealing with them what they're doing and how they do business is their norm and it's not the same as yours and you you're, you probably feel uncomfortable sometimes or you have to draw like a, a line in the sand like this is where we are like i check your work you're kind of like a client or we're investigating you so we can't be all chummy and, and friendly right yeah that's a good point it's yeah the different parts of the world they do things definitely very differently you know i go, I go to china a lot uh for business and the norm there is, um, <clears throat> you know, companies will wine and dine the government officials a lot, and that's considered the norm. Um, but if you say, you know, I was part of an American company, which where that is actually frowned upon, it's like that's actually very hard to to correct, right? Like you go to China, you can't tell the Chinese company to say you can't dine wine and dine with the officials when everyone else is doing it. So then you lose your competitive advantage as well. So, but versus if you were in Canada or in the states, that's like. You can't do that, right? So, well, I think you know, whining and dining is fine. It's what happens after the whining mm-hmm. and dining that uh, has been the issue in at least in Western society, not yeah. just North America, but also like yeah, in Britain or Western European countries. But yeah, it's those things that happen in the back hallway of the restaurant, or you know, mm-hmm. in the hotel room above the restaurant <laughs> that have been the issue. KTVs. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like like we joke about this, but. Even from growing up and, you know, we watch like HK yeah. entertainment stuff. 
there's always rumors and whispering that you know this actor or this or actress or this singer is at this position because you know they ended up sleeping with all these you know high end you know like top executives right and you know it's not it's not different because it's all the same it's sometimes it's like you know i guess in asia they talk about it so much and it's like almost you don't want to say it's a norm but it's gone to a point where people think that's how you get into that kind of circle or industry and they kind of accept it yeah that's an interesting point <clears throat> and i wonder i think maybe uh steve you can answer has this has these scandals actually hit like asia yet or has it been just a north american or western europe kind of focus like these sexual assault allegations yeah to be honest in in, in hong kong like i live in hong kong and i, I there's not much sexual accusation news that I've seen so far. I've seen scandals like you know celebrity sexual scandals. Yeah. Edison Chen, <laughs> my boy. Um, but no, I, and I don't know if it's because in in Asia specifically they they they're very conservative, right? That society and and even more so in the states that the, the females probably don't feel comfortable coming out to accuse their male counterparts, right? A lot of these Asian countries, it's very male-dominated, like your Korea, your China. So, so I, I, maybe, yeah, I haven't seen as much yet. So what you're saying is that the victim-blaming in Asia might be even more um, prevalent than North America, where the victims don't even want to say that someone took advantage of them because mm-hmm. it, it kind of brands them as, you know, a slut or a whore or something. Yeah, retribution. That, yeah. I think exactly. it's more like over here you you see like that movement where it's more going from you know a male dominance uh you know i still you still we still gotta acknowledge that men are still you know at the top of like a lot of decision making but you can see the change that's happening and you know in at least in toronto right you can see you know there's a lot more females that gets hired for top executive or upper management maybe that's not the case for Hong Kong or Asia, I guess it's still a society where it's very male dominant. So for females to kind of step out and say that it's pretty much like putting a nail, a final nail in your career, and you're just you know packing it up and nothing's going to happen. Right. I don't know whether in Asia they have this uh, gender pay gap um, issue or topic that's dominating discussions here. Yeah, no, same in Asia. Male and female salary pay difference. There's a gap, wide gap. So, but did they make that as much noise? Probably not. Again, mm-hmm. I feel like in Asia they don't speak out as much on these issues. So, the, my take on gender pay gap. <laughs> okay, is, here we go again as well. <laughs> no, well, there is a pay gap, but you got to look at a job for a job, right? Like, if you're saying, you know, you're an accountant, you're accounting right when you first start off as a job together there is pay discrepancy because everyone has like a pay grade there's a range that you're you're allowed to pay this for for this position like how aggressive you go with negotiating for that wage or that starting salary is up to you like you know maybe guys feel more entitled to step up and ask for something like this but i want to reinforce that this pay gap like this pay gap between genders is not it, there is a difference but it's not as huge as what you what they make it out to be because if you're telling me 
you have average job like for me I'm I'm an accountant right but more men are working you know construction out there you know they're working under harsh conditions you got to pay people because I don't want to do that job but someone else has to do that job they're getting paid a lot more than what I'm doing and when you compare like the average you, average is a is a pretty stupid statistic most of the time you, you have to admit because uh, especially what's happening with with uh, the U.S. right now, people are using these stupid, you know, average memes now. Uh, it's just like, mm-hmm. you know, you're comparing someone that, a, a sex that might actually have, do more dangerous jobs, you know, construction, you know, uh, mining. drilling. Drilling. Mining. Yeah, yeah, mining, drilling for oil versus like f- the females, which their roles or their jobs or majority of their jobs are probably, you know, I don't want to say desk jobs, or, or, but it's a lot safer, right? So, you, you know, you're not getting paid for that, um, that risk factor. So that's where that, that huge gap is when you're talking about average and gender. Right. And I tend, I tend to agree uh, for the most part with what you're saying there. I mean, the, the fact is that men and women are doing different jobs. I mean, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of industries and professions where, you know, men and women do equal work. I mean, and then the the gap between the pay there, if there is one, I'm not sure that there actually is, and I haven't looked at any statistics to say yes or no, but I think women, um, more or less, are not as willing to fight for the pay that they think that they deserve. And not to say that, you know, every woman is like this, but more or less growing up as um, society has molded women growing up, they are more likely to attribute their own success to the people around them and factors around them than they are to internalize their own success, which means that when it's time to speak to your boss about um, your performance and then your, your, your wage increase, you're basically not selling yourself as much because you, you've grown up uh, learning that women should be modest. Women shouldn't be, you know, bragging all about, you know, all their accomplishments. Whereas men are taught to be confident and go out there and get, basically take what, what you, hmm. take what you want, essentially. So men are more likely to attribute their own success to themselves. Yeah. Well, I guess since there's not a, a female participant here, I guess I should try to defend the ladies. Um, I don't know. For, for me, I think. It is true. Like, there's different types of jobs for both males and females, which might skew the averages. But if I just look for my profession or just business in general, I do feel the the males do get more opportunities in terms of like you know, the top positions. Like if you think the CEOs for a lot of the big companies, it's probably male dominated. Um, if you look at politics, you know, the, the prime ministers, the presidents, they're mostly males as well. Um, so I feel like, you know, these top jobs are probably the most high-paying jobs as well, but why is it always skewed towards the male? Where Where's your female representation? I don't know, like, that's why. That's how I see it. Um, I don't know if it's because society, uh, we, we when we perceive society, it's always, you know, you have a male figurehead, right? Um, that's why when we elect our new officials or whatnot, it's always males. So, I don't know. Yeah, that's my, that's my thoughts on it. Yeah, I think most of Western societies are a patriarchy. So I think in that respect, you are correct. I think 
Like think about think about the fact that there might be, say, for example, a crisis. There's some sort of crisis, and like, who do you look to to be the leader in that situation, right? I think most people are looking to lot towards like the biggest guy in the room or something to like yeah. get you out of that situation. Yeah. True. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it is moving towards equality, at least in the Western side of the world, and. You know, like the the female leaders of tomorrow is being groomed today. You can't expect, you can't put, you know, females that were, you can't expect them to be taking that role right away because they never got that kind of training. Like you said, like back in the day, you know, maybe they were growing up, they weren't taught that they can do this. They can't reach for, you know, say be president of the United States, right? Versus like men, you know, the generations that are getting elected for that age group <coughs> were probably brought up and they're kind of put in positions to kind of learn from, you know, experience, right? Versus now, like, you're getting a lot more council or, like, governor or, like, you have a lot more females in these kind of roles that will eventually lead them to become, you know, like a president or CEO of uh, big corporations, right? So I think overall, like, I'm not against that. I'm totally for it. But I just feel like, people expect the change to be right away versus mm. it being gradual. You have to kind of develop. You know, you also want to put these people, these uh, female in a position to succeed, right? You don't mm. want them to kind of, you know, put, you know, throw them in there, trial by fire, and then next thing you know, they become an example of, like, why you can't let, say, a female run, you know, a country or run a uh, company, right? You got to put, you know, role models in place that allows them to kind of, you know, move forward and then the younger generations have someone to look forward to as well so what's that chancellor markel she's a tough lady she she looks tough yeah yeah like you don't want to mess with her yeah like that's (laughs) you know germany is probably one of the top three if not top five countries in the world in terms of like being able to yeah control economy or make political decisions that actually impact the world and she's in that position she's holding it for for such a long time right she's dealing with like russia and dealing with United States, and she's actually standing her ground. So that's yeah. a good example, right? Yeah, and Theresa May in UK, you know, she's dealing a lot with that Brexit. Whoa. So, <laughs> you know, so. No, you're right. You're right. And then again, there's some things that, you know, you just, they just aren't meant for women to do. Like when they when they had the first woman guarding the White House, and then that was the first time someone actually like stormed in the White House, and like they had to like get him down the hallway and tackle him. Like the person just walked to the door and shoved her out of the way, and then and That's then a ran true in. story yeah. actually. And then Obama's got to be thinking like, what the fuck? Like you had to bring the first woman to guard the door when I was the president. Now, part of the problem with this gender, uh, like pay difference, like this gender inequality, I I also believe, it's part, partly the fault is on the ladies themselves too. Like, I'm sorry, I'm going is back that a and forth. Question or no? Yeah, no so 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 now I'm going to move towards like the sporting direction, right? Like sports. Um, like take the WNBA for a second, right? Um, I think part of the reason why WNBA is not as successful as the NBA, it's not because the athletes, not because the the product itself is bad, but it's because it's the females, the women themselves, they're not supporting the product, right? And and in turn, when they're not supporting the product, the the female athletes themselves are not getting paid as much as the male counterparts. Now, I think maybe part of it is because there's no dunking. 
The women can't. Dog. Those, women, those women don't got hops. No, I don't. I I will disagree. I think they have hops. Yo, I mean, YouTube right now, but fundamentally speaking, they probably play really sound basketball. It's all layups right. all day. Yeah, but there's no. Is there enough flair? Right, people are paying for entertainment. Like I get like, you know, like at WNBA. To be honest, I've never even watched a single match. So whatever I'm saying right now is just based on how I feel about you know. I'm gonna show them the top ten female basketball dunks now. You guys can continue and see if you're impressed by these dunks. Are they dunking donuts into a cup of coffee? Because <laughs> I'm about to be very surprised right now that they can actually dunk on this net. I think they can dunk. They're pretty athletic. I, I mean, if if we played against like a WNBA team, we'll get killed. Yeah, we'll probably actually actually get killed somehow. Yeah. Like I won't deny. How 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 long is this video? No, I'm not sure. It's still commercial. Oh, here you go. Number ten. I'm All gonna right. have to cut. Can this we skip part. the number one? So this is in China. <laughs> I think this is the China WNBA. I didn't know that WNBA over there. I'm watching. Bam. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. No, but my point is, <laughs> my point is though, you can't deny that. You can't say they're not athletic, right? They they can no, play they, ball. No, they're they're athletic, right? So, yeah. but why why is it the WNBA is not as successful as the NBA? Uh, advertisements. There's no endorsements right. of these, these right. players. But there's no endorsement because there's no audience right now, right? The speed of the game is definitely different. Lincoln's still shitting on the WNBA <laughs> game. I'm not shitting on them, but I'm just saying, like, overall, you, when you watch, the reason why people watch a certain league is because they want to see the best of the best, right? But, but that's from the male perspective. But maybe the females like, like, I don't know, like, you know. Females don't really, most of them don't really like sports. <laughs> To be honest, like I can say, my significant other does not care about sports at all. That's true. Uh, You know, you brought your lady to to watch a NBA game. You know, she loved it. She loved the live Raptors game. She loved the atmosphere and the experience and and all that. But you know, how about how about the play? How about the athleticism? You know, does she say like, "Oh, that's that's very nice. That's a nice steal. That's a nice play." Yeah, because they don't understand in game, right? It's just like it's just like Toronto Maple Leaf fans, like there are girls. You know, most of them attach. You know, one of the best way is you gotta have like an attractive star. You can't have like an ugly person yeah. and be your superstar because you're not gonna be able to sell the game to them. I don't know how many girls have said that their favorite player is Joffrey Lupul because that guy is like a male model, you right? Know? Yeah, right. right. Like no homo, but William Nylander, that flow. That guy's, you know, the Leafs need to be smart and start, like, putting out his face and putting him on, like, every single T-shirt. Make, make that money and start paying that guy. They got to make that money off him <coughs> while he still keeps his head of hair and, you know, while he doesn't look like his dad. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I've not followed the Leafs while I was in Hong Kong, to be honest. I've been watching more basketball. So. Well, yeah, it's probably pretty expensive to maintain ISO in Hong Kong for you guys. No, we got, we got a couple of ice rinks, but no, I haven't watched much Leafs. So, you could probably make the team. You could probably make the national team if you. Maybe, maybe you should go and do. We'll send you on a special assignment to go watch like the the Chinese KHL team. The Kunlun was that Kunlun Red Stars or yeah, yeah. Kunlun Red Stars. Yeah, did they are they still in business or did they fold? I know. I think they are still in business. They're holding. Go that right now. They're holding trials here. Yeah, I heard that they were they were looking for like players of Chinese descent to play. Dude, that's 
if I could skate decently, I would totally try it. But because I can't, I know I'm gonna get killed by some Russian person running over, running me over. Do you know that Mike Keenan was actually the coach of the Kunlun Red Stars? No, I did not. Uh, oh, doesn't matter because he got fired. <laughs> I think that was his probably his lucky day, not having to like coach that team anymore. Yeah, I don't see. I think the Red Stars are still around. But um... so, what do you do in Hong Kong? What do you mean? I don't know for for fun and entertainment. Yeah, just drinking, eating, you know, the vibrant city. Play some basketball in the streets. That that last point is hard to believe, actually. <laughs> no, we got no. I think in Asia and China, Hong Kong, they love basketball, right? It's like the number one sport besides European football. So there's a lot of courts available. Hockey, not so much. Hockey, they're trying to get into China. Yeah, um, but the last, I think they it was what the Vancouver versus um, L.A. <clears throat> L.A. That game wasn't. They didn't do well. They didn't do well. Yeah, and I think dude, they're playing in the fog because yeah, it's it impossible to make ice there. It was like playing in London. It was like so much fog happening during the. It actually, probably created some dangerous conditions for some of the players. But I think the NHL wants to be like the NBA. Like the NBA, the the men's NBA, <laughs> is, is particularly successful in China. I mean, partly due to the Yao Ming effect. Yao Ming, um, Kobe, they've got. You know, former NBA players going over to China and being ambassadors to the game, playing in, in the Chinese leagues. They've got all this Chinese New Year marketing with Chinese New Year jerseys. Certain teams like Toronto, Houston, um, uh, Golden State have the special marketing geared towards like uh, Asia and Asian um, fans. So I think NHL is envious of that. And I would say if, if the next Olympics was not in Korea, but was actually in China, there is no way that the NHL would actually withhold their players from the Olympics. But that's the thing, though. Like, them not bringing them to Korea, it's mm-hmm. already, like, yeah. taking away the exposure there, yeah, too, it's, right? it's pretty dumb. But uh, Korea and China is not that far apart. It's like a four-hour flight. To be honest, I don't think these NHL players want to go to Korea now, now that like North Korea is all active. Seriously, this North Korea thing is so overrated and overblown. Why do you think that? No, because I've been to South Korea, like Seoul, a couple of times. And? And, uh, you know, when, when, you, when you're outside of Korea and you're reading this media, you know, news outlets, and you think, oh, Kim Jong-un is going to bomb Seoul anytime soon, right? But when you're actually in there, everyone's just going on with their daily lives. You don't even care. To them, it's like, this is normal. Nothing's gonna ever going to happen. So Right. And now, don't you think, though, if North Korea were to do something and they've proven their, their um, I guess, their boldness by doing all these missile launches, they've done some cyber attacks at certain times on the Western world, wouldn't they, during the Olympics, try something? Don't you think they would actually try something during that time? I think Kim Jong-un is actually pretty smart. He's a smart cookie. He knows if he does anything... He's done, right? Like with with, with the states and, and Korea, South Korea. There, I I don't think he would do anything to be honest, personally. You know what? Like, I've read somewhere how North Korea wants to have a bomb, not to blow, not to drop it on the states, but like the potential to drop it on the states, so the states will stop bullying them. I can see where they're coming from in that sense, because like. No one's going to take you seriously until you have a nuclear bomb. Yeah, nuclear deterrent, right? Right. And I think, I don't know if he's ever going to use it or 
come close to using it. I think definitely Kim Jong Un did not like Barack Obama or John Kerry. Like they yeah. were ramping up all the rhetoric versus them. Now you have someone who's actually very similar to him in office in the United States, like in terms of like their mental, like their craziness, <laughs> and also like I know that they've they've traded uh, barbs back and forth, but those guys are essentially the same body shape, right? I mean, Cut Trump, from the same Trump, Trump is actually quite a bit taller, but like Trump makes fun of Kim Jong Un's weight. But <laughs> if you've ever seen Trump. Guy, he's not fit himself. The guy is, yeah, the guy not, is in not in good shape. The guy drinks twelve a pack of Diet Coke, a twelve pack of Diet Coke a day. Yeah, the guy right. eats fast food all the time. Yeah, he's a seven year old man, and he really yeah. has a body that. Yeah, he's 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 not looking good, and you got two crazy men in office, and it seems to be ramping up North Korea quite a bit to have this guy there. Yeah, it's made for good, you know. For me, I find it kind of funny. I don't think it's, yeah, like you said, I don't think anything's going to happen. But, you know, you, you have everyone, the general public think that, you know, it's all clickbait, right? Like we said before, it's all, mm-hmm. you know, sensationalized to to sell you the news. Because no one, no one cares about the good news. No one cares about that. That's what, like, sca- you know, what, what can scare you is the main thing, right? They take advantage of it and be like, hey, we need to spend more money on military spending. Do you think there's some sort of conspiracy between the United States and North Korea to in, between Trump in order to ramp up his popularity? Because the more he says, the more he makes jokes about Rocket Man, the more he ramps up the rhetoric or whatever, the more popular each side gets. Each side pretty much gets what it wants. Right? What, what does North Korea get? Well, Kim Jong-un gets an enemy, right? And he gets more more obedience and following because remember coming out of like the the korean war the the horrors that they have told their people about americans basically americans raped their raped their women americans like mm. ate ate them like ate their babies or something mm. I, I heard all this wild stuff in the past and if i think there's certain museums that you go to which will which will describe some of the horrors air quote horrors that have happened in the past so now that you get someone on the other side saying all this bad stuff that's quotable you get now more obedience from your people and on the other side trump talking very aggressively towards another nation that has been known historically as an enemy makes him more popular it's it's like the divided what you fall but together when you know you have a common enemy so now basically yeah, like like you said, you want to talk about 2017 recap? We were talking about that Charlotte, is it Charlottesville? Yes, Charlottesville, yeah. Virginia. Yeah, like it was almost like uh, that was the news, right? Nobody want that kind of narrative and saying like, oh, you know, they're on a brink of a civil war. So now they have a common enemy that's a foreign enemy. They can all focus all their energy towards that one, right? So now Trump's not out there speaking his mind and totally screwing up and taking sides. Because that Charlottesville thing, he crapped the bed on. Yeah, that's true. But, you know, with North Korea, it's just like, okay, well, they have bombs. Hey, left wing, what do you want us to do? Are you going to, like, talk mm-hmm. them into peace? You can't, right? We, we got to show some aggression over here. So now you, you have, like, the liberal or not, is it the Democratic side? What are you trying to say? Like, you have the Republican... And the Democrats. Democrats. Yeah, the, yep. And the Democrats, right? And the Democrats are all going to, you know what, like, crap. 
we, we can't step up and say and still fight internally, even though there is still that internal fighting. And they're always saying how Trump would use North Korea as like a, as like a, you know, they basically take all the attention away from what they're doing internally in terms of with all the reforms that they're trying to pass through. Again, like we, I'm not well versed in U.S. politics because I really don't care. Uh, I know everyone, you know, our friends are all saying, you know, oh man, if the U.S. goes down, we're gonna go down too. I don't think anyone's launching any bombs. No, yeah, but but I mean, like even last year when the whole election went down and mm-hmm. everyone's like, oh my god, is this happening? I've never seen that many people be that interested in politics. Right from the safety of their own home. <clears throat> having nothing to do or nothing to have at risk, essentially. Yeah. White people in America crying over Trump being elected. Yeah, don't worry. You guys are safe. <laughs> it was just a shock, right? No one no one predicted Trump to win. Everyone thought Clinton would win in a landslide, and then I think Clinton, it was all red in the States. I think Clinton thought she would win as well. Like, she had that in the bag. She had the whole glass ceiling, right? Like, oh, was it breaking through the roof or whatever? I don't know what the term was that they, they were using. Yeah, when I was watching those national debate, I'm like, man, she is really pompous. She took it for granted. She thought that, you know, she had it in the bag. Yeah, for sure. I don't know, but I've come to kind of think it's good to know what's happening in the world, but you can't worry about something that you can't change. It's like this whole North Korea thing. What? It's like, so what? Like, I can worry all I want, but is Donald Trump going to listen to what I have to say? Or can I stop Kim Jong-un? I can't. Like, the people within his nation, his country, has to be the one that kind of, you know, gets them to, ch- you know, change the way or the projection of how this whole situation is going down. For me, it's just like, dude, I can, I can worry about that or I can worry about what I can change on my own. Right. I don't think anything is changing for the, for the time being. Status quo is going to be staying the status quo. Yeah. Ain't nothing changing in North Korea. Like, you speak out there, you're pretty much dead. Yeah. Except for that one guy who escaped. Oh, the soldier? <laughs> yeah. The soldier, yeah, that was crazy. That guy must be like Iron Man. They riddled that guy with bullets, and that guy survived. That, yeah, that, watching that clip was pretty epic. <laughs> it's better than most movies that we see these days, for sure. The way he drives right through and all these gun, gunmen shooting down. And then North Korean soldiers, like, oh, fuck, I messed up. I'm, I'm across the DMZ. You're pretty much dead at that point. Where, you know, you let that guy escape on your watch. First of all, why the hell would they show the Michael Bay Transformer? First yeah. thing the guy wakes up, that's what he watches. <laughs> like, I would be like, take me back over there. I love the Transformer yeah. series. I thought it was good. That speaks a lot about you. <laughs> I, I, thought, I, I love Transformers, so. I don't know. Welcome to, welcome to civilized society. <laughs> yeah. And then you show him explosions upon explosions. <laughs> yeah. Hasn't that guy seen enough, like, fire in his life? You know? Yeah. Do you guys get commercial breaks here? Why, you need to take a piss? No, I'm just wondering. Do you guys usually do a, do a break in the middle? or A commercial break would imply that we have some commercials. We <laughs> do not have any advertising. Uh, okay. Because I was wondering, do we take a break and then we transition to the next topic? Or do we continue on with this gender slash You realize no, politics? No, no. We're going to have to edit this whole part out. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I feel like we're not going to edit this part out at all. <laughs> Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah wait, 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 wait. Yes, you've told us you're sick of this topic. Yeah. Way to so. disturb our flow. Yeah. 
don't know because it's, it's almost like 40 minutes we've been talking about you know this gender inequality thing and we were talking about North Korea. We were talking about North Korea. <laughs> You're paying attention over here. So would you guys would you guys visit North Korea? No. Why not? There's a lot of places to visit in the world. I I don't know. I want to go because like well. You've been to everywhere in Asia, so that's no, but, why my, why not? But don't you want the experience of being like you know under surveillance twenty four seven, being told what to do, what to eat, what to wear? We're under surveillance twenty four seven now. Yeah, in North that's America, true. Bro. <laughs> no, but you know to to bow down to the dear leader and you know the yeah. whole experience. It sounds like China. Have you? I, China's me? probably more free than North Korea. Really, I heard that China's got this whole facial recognition system going on now. They probably have it here though. Oh, well, not here, but maybe probably the states. They probably have it. But I heard that they're going to do this um, experiment or social experiment where everyone has like a social credit. So if you do something good, your social rating actually goes up and it can recognize. So I got, I got, look, I got a lot of good credit because I'm good looking. I wonder so. what you do when you go to China. <laughs> but my point is I would love to go to North Korea. Um, I think as a Canadian, you're probably safe. You know, Americans. I think so there much. was... A Canadian family that was stuck in like North Korea, oh, and they were like stuck. Right? Yeah, he was starving. Yeah, That's, you're not safe. You're not uh, safe at all. But he was Korean, wasn't he? Oh, okay. That 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 makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I think if you're Chinese some... descent, you're probably okay. But can they tell the difference? I have a Hong Kong ID. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I feel like there's a lot more places for me to visit than going to North Korea yeah. and potentially dying. Yeah, there's absolutely no way I would ever go there. I but mean, you, I would have to actually get a bunch of tattoos, get a bunch of nose rings, and look like Dennis Rodman, <laughs> then show up and become friends with Kim Jong-un until he hands me a basketball and tells me to dribble it, and it goes off my foot and rolls, like, in the corner. And you just good, tell him I'm, I'm part of WNBA. <laughs> Bam. The good part is Dennis Rodman wasn't known as a scorer, so... Yeah. But, no... How about you? Like, for you, you, you travel a lot. What's your favorite place to go to? Oh man, that's hard. That's a hard question. What's the most exotic uh, place you say? I love Thailand. I love the food there, and for other reasons, um, cheap to travel to, close to Hong Kong. Um, you guys should probably pay a visit there too. Been there. I'm Thai. Oh, oh, you're Thai. Yeah. Okay. You have this like shifting like ethnic background. My identity. That, like, you just walk around the different groups of people, <laughs> and you like become that 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 ethnic group. So I think that's useful for you. You're yeah, like, you're like a chameleon. I'm dark enough. Like, give me six hours in the Thai sun, and I kind of look Thai. It's good to have that kind of versatility. You're like that ambiguous race person who could just fit in with everybody, <laughs> like Derek Jeter. Yeah, that's true. Only in Asia, though. I, I guess. As a black man, you're really limited. I don't think anyone really cares where black people are from. They're like, look at you. Look, you're black. They look at each one of you guys. They're like, hmm, which country are you from in That's Asia? True. Like, to other people, black is black. Where are you from? I'm from black. Like, I'm black. That's like that's like Indian people, like the West Indies. Yeah. And these Indian West Indies, they get so offended when you when you call them Indian. I'm like, dude, your your grandparents are from India. You're Indian. Right. Yeah, that's not true, Andrew. I see you as a human being. That... I see no color. Oh. Do you really not see color on them? You need to go to a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> well, in this day and age, right? You know, we're all brothers, regardless of our skin color. To not see color is to be racist. 
<laughs> what? <laughs> what? You got to acknowledge people's background. That's the thing with this I acknowledge social the background, but I wouldn't be like, yo, he's black or he's Chinese. He's like, you know, he's Andrew. He's okay. why, why not acknowledge it, though? I mean, obviously, when I'm with you guys, it's like race is there, but it's not the most important thing out there. But it's still there. I yeah. acknowledge that it's there. But, I mean, it becomes like not even a secondary. It comes way in the background. Mm-hmm. But I know it's still there. I can't ignore it. Ah, I tend to ignore it. Really? I... Why not? I don't know. Maybe because we're close. I don't know. Like I don't. I don't. I'm not. I don't introduce Andrew as oh, this is my black friend. Or I introduce him. Oh, this is Andrew. How, how do my I friend. know you don't introduce me like that? It might. I'm give telling me. you now. But like as a reminder to say, like if you introduce them and then you're, you're bringing him up in conversation, Andrew uh-huh. is like, would you purposely avoid the fact that he's black? No, I'm not. I'm not. Yeah. So I'm not gonna like purposely point out he's black. Oh. Would you say, you know, you're introducing me to someone and then the next time you talk about me to yeah. that person, you're like, oh, uh, you remember Andrew? It's like, no, I, I don't remember that person. Uh, what do they look like? Yeah. What, how would you describe Andrew in that case? Okay, you got a good point there. Wow. Wow. <laughs> we won that argument. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that is true. Because that, that's the first thing that comes to mind, right? It'll be the easiest way but to I thought that's not something that comes to mind. Well, now that you say, like, oh, if, if someone forgot, like, who Andrew was and they asked me, yeah, that's true. That's probably what I would say. But if, if it was my first time introducing them to you, I wouldn't be like, oh, this yeah, is... Yeah, because they can see me. They see color. <laughs> <laughs> they see color. You racist people. <laughs> I, I think society is very, very sensitive these days. Like, if, Too you, sensitive. If, you, if you see these descriptions of these crimes, like, on these news reports... They describe everything about the person except for, like, the most visible thing. They say, oh, this person is, you know, 6'1 to 6'3, age 25 to, like, 35, uh, weight. You know, they describe the weight range, and then that's it. They're like, okay, what else? Yeah, what else? Is he Italian? I'm looking for this person. I'm looking out for this person to make sure I don't run into them, or if I see them, I can call, like, Crime Stoppers or something. What is that other piece of information that I'm missing? This tall, handsome guy that plays hockey. Right. So, you, that doesn't tell me anything. Handsome's like subjective. Right. Beauty's in the eye of the, eye of the beholder. So. Then it's up to you to leave an impression to them, right? Then they know. Then I don't need to point them out. Then would you ever correct them if your friend's saying, yeah, your, your black friend's cool? Then you're like, oh, hold on, man. <laughs> you see color. <laughs> <laughs> That's not cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. okay. Fair enough. Yeah. I mean, really? Thailand? Thailand's your cho- favorite place to visit? Oh, uh, yeah. Go back to that. I don't know. It's, I mean, Thailand, Korea. I, I always like, love, love Korea. Korean woman, really good. Beautiful, beautiful Korean woman. The ones that aren't, can pl- you tr- that aren't plastic. Yeah, can you trust them? Oh, I'm not saying I'm going to marry them, but I'm saying they're gorgeous to look at. Um, food is good. Yeah, actually. Uh, all your travels, which country has a you know, beautiful girl? I don't want to drop hot. Yeah, you know what? Hot. Hot. I've done Korea, Taiwan. You can't go wrong with a Taiwanese girl. Um, Hong Kong, not so much. <laughs> yeah, I would rank Hong Kong pretty. Sorry, my Hong Kongese girls. Toronto has some beautiful girls. I'll rank Toronto up there. Toronto. There's there's variety. That's what it is. Because you yeah. can walk around the corner and yeah. be like, oh, this you know, hot Latina. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Turn around the corner, you'd be like, "Oh, the West Indies." All right, you've got different pockets of society. It's like sort of like a buffet. Yeah, you just walk to a different part of the city, and you've got like 
that different vibe, that different feeling. Yeah. So I guess that's my answer, Toronto. No, that's 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 a bad answer. So I'll just accept your Korean answer. Yeah, yeah Korea, Thailand. How about Saudi Arabia? <laughs> yeah, not. Saudi they have the first robot citizen. You know that? Really? Yes. Did you not listen to our last episode? Uh, no, because you did not give me the link. <laughs> oh shit! Did you guys release the second episode yet? <laughs> yes, we did. Yeah, we released oh. it yesterday morning, actually. Oh, you guys didn't release the link though. We released it everywhere. You're just not in our weekend group. Oh well, that's that's your fault then. Yeah, it actually is. I accept responsibility for that. Yeah, my bad. Wasn't thinking about you. Yeah, speaking of Saudi Arabia, so it's funny. So I was uh. <laughs> I was trying, so I had, yeah, I had business in Saudi Arabia, and I was trying to, uh, it was like, I took like a 1 a.m. flight. Are you, are you like a weapon dealer? Because like if the I places was, you <laughs> visit is very kind of sketch, like yeah. Saudi Arabia, Russia, Korea, Qatar. Yeah. Yeah, no, I wish I was. Make more money. Um, yeah, no, I was trying to get into uh, Saudi Arabia. I forgot which, which city. And uh, it was 1 a.m. in the morning. It's a desert town. So it is a desert town. Uh and they wouldn't let me in. They actually rejected me at border. And uh, like obviously, they don't speak any English. So I was just standing there like an idiot with my, with my passport in hand. And the guy just kept waving me backwards or back. Are you sure you're not waving you into like the shooting lineup? Yeah, right. So I was scared shitless. You better get back. Yeah, it wouldn't take me more than one wave to get the fuck back. Yeah, I was scared shitless. So you know, after two hours, I was like, fuck. And finally, they let me go. But they never gave me a reason why. So there's really no point to the story, but I'm just saying. Damn, I thought it was gonna be Torture. an interesting story. Like you just got your, you got searched, you got searched in between your butt crack. <laughs> nah, they waterboarded you for a while. <laughs> yeah. But it's a beautiful country, so you guys should also visit. I mean, looking at sand all day is beautiful. I guess so because you like to go to the beach, but there's no water there. Mm. Mm. Yeah. No. Don't. Yeah. Not. Not much to look at. I mean, women can drive now. Women definitely have no rights in Saudi Arabia. <laughs> hey, they, <laughs> okay? hey, they can't even drive themselves. Women can drive now. C- can they? Can, oh, that's that news. Oh. Yeah. They're allowed to drive, but can they? <laughs> oh, no. Do they have Uber there? Yes, they do. So, yes, they do. Like Lamborghini, Ferrari? No, nah, it's like run-down cars. I want to think about okay. like that's that Dubai. first time. You've been using Uber for a year there, and that first time a woman pulls up and is an Uber <laughs> driver. What do you do? Do you, do you wave them away like that guy at the airport? <laughs> I see no gender as well. You don't see gender? <laughs> this no, I'm is... sure it's fine. <laughs> you, you see no gender too? Damn. No, I'm sure it's fine. I didn't know they can drive though. Oh, okay. Interesting. So they're getting the rights now. Yeah, nobody crapping on them because they hold our, our oil. Yeah. So. Yeah, Saudi, UAE, on the Middle East. Hey, why don't you tell us the story of why you decided to go to Hong Kong to work? Why is this all about me? I thought we had like the Leafs Vegas thing. No, you're our guest. We're gonna be talking about the Leafs and whatever. I want to talk about Leafs. You just told us you don't even uh, watch the Leafs. That's true. We're almost up at like an hour. Yeah, yeah it went by fast. It's not that hard actually. It's pretty much like having a conversation. Yeah. I feel like we can be more organized next time. Though, like this is the topic, and then break. I don't. Break. I don't. I don't feel like that's how we roll. No? You guys just want, like, conversation flowing. Why have breaks? We don't have any, like, sponsors or advertising. Make them. <laughs> yeah. Um, what company you work for, Steven? Uh, can't, can't say. <laughs> can't say. Uh, okay. So what, why, why Hong Kong? No, no. Why did you decide to leave? Like, oh. like, move on from Toronto's work life. Yeah, I was just bored of Toronto's work life. 
to be yeah. honest, right? I mean, I don't know. You guys can you guys can um, tell me about what your working experience is so far in Toronto. But when I when I was doing in, in the Canadian company, working there, are you cheering up? No, no. <laughs> stupid Michael gave me his cold. Yeah, I think stupid Michael. Right, right, you too, right? Too. We went yeah. rock climbing right. yesterday. Well, and... I think I know who's next to get a cold. <laughs> yeah. I don't think your body can su- survive this. I don't think it can. After the last, what I talked about in the last episode, yeah. between that and now the cold that I'm probably going to get. Yeah, we're going to flush that out with all the shots tonight. Yes. Let's, let's not say the word flush. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, continue. Yeah, it was... It was it was a great job. Nine to five. Hold on, let me let me correct you. You gotta decide on the distance of your mic. You know, like is this better? Yeah, it's better. Okay, because you're a pretty loud talker. I am pretty loud. <laughs> no, it was a great job. Uh, good pay, but it wasn't challenged. I don't know. I don't know if it was just at that moment, at that particular position, that company. I wasn't challenged. So you um, you weren't fulfilled. Yeah, you can say that. I wasn't fulfilled in life and career. So. I needed a change of scenery. It didn't help that I was dumped by my ex-girlfriend, who I really liked back then. So I, I don't even know which one it is, but all right. Yeah. I'm speechless. Yeah, so, <laughs> so that didn't work out. I better should, should probably should cut that one out, actually. No, cut we're not cutting anything. No, out. no. So then, Pay yeah. us. Pay us to yeah. cut it out. <laughs> <laughs> we're uncensored. Yeah. yeah, so I just wanted to you know, change in the pace of life. And uh, I've always loved Hong Kong visit there a couple of times before for vacation so decided why not you know because if, if you like fail if you don't get a job in hong kong it didn't work out you can always come back right that's my thing in life i don't know if you guys agree or not but no i agree uh you know i respect you for taking that leap i mean to jump from the comfort of toronto the familiarity and going into like hong kong you know it's it's completely different it's a different beast you're going from like suburb living to like right in the city, one of the like most hectic places you can possibly go to, you know. And a super competitive place, from what I've heard as well. Like my experience here in Toronto has been a more laid back and leisurely style of work, right? Um, most recently, in the last couple of years, I've worked with a team from Hong Kong. Uh, my project manager and my um, VP are in Hong Kong for this project. And the pace of work that they are pushing is, is, is ridiculous. It's crazy. Like, the demand is insane. The pay is, at least for them, I don't know about you, you're nodding. Um, the pay is not that great for them. But still, they are, without them pacing the work and pushing um, their mm-hmm. intense, crazy pressure, I think we'd be toast. Like, I've experienced their their way of life and their, their pace of work, even here, mm-hmm. right? Um even like my my project manager acknowledged it like on the phone he's like you know if this was asia like he's he's getting our estimates from us for a project he's like if this is asia we get this done in like 2 weeks but you guys is taking like 3 months to do yeah. it's the norm for them to work like say 9:30 to yeah. 7 8 p.m. and then they will work on a, like some companies right. actually require the workers to come in on a saturday like it's actually yeah. a 6 day work week so yeah i'm not surprised these guys are crazy like there's never a moment in the day when I'm not getting like a Skype message or like some sort of email, even when they should be sleeping, they are sending me emails and Skypes. Uh, I always wake up in the morning to like an inbox full of stuff to do. And even like on the weekend, for example, I think when, um, my, my colleagues visited Toronto for the first time, uh, they were here 
And then I said, you know, if you are like at the hotel or whatever, like you need to uh, message me to do something while I'm here or whatever, then uh, you have my contact. You can just WhatsApp me or whatever. Biggest mistake I've made in my <laughs> career. Because on Friday night, I was getting WhatsApp messages from them, like asking yeah. me to do work. Uh, yeah. This is when they were back in Hong Kong, actually. So they were actually used it like in Hong Kong bugging me. I'm like, it's Friday night. You know, I'm, I've had probably a few drinks or whatever. You probably don't want me to do any work at this point. So, yeah. like, we had some sort of culture clash. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> where I had to tell them politely to fuck off uh, and stop bothering me. And I think we kind of established that working relationship. But still, uh, that's not a lifestyle that I could probably thrive in. Yeah, I agree. I think, I feel like there's got to be something else to balance your right? you can't be doing work all the time you're gonna get burnt out that's how i feel like working in hong kong there's i guess like you, you get like career fulfillment and you get challenged but for me i know that's not who mm-hmm. what defines who i am that's i feel fair. like the stuff that i do outside of my work hours is what probably defines me you know who i am right maybe for you you, you know you find enjoyment and you find you know fulfillment there yeah, yeah career wise I think Hong Kong is more fulfilling for me because it, it's a regional hub right versus like Toronto let's be honest it's you know it's business wise it's probably second tier uh, second tier uh, to the states right uh, whereas in Hong Kong a lot of companies set up shop headquarters yeah. in Hong Kong so you get to travel a lot more um, your exposure is uh, quite different than say in Toronto so from that perspective it's uh, I feel like Asian people take their jobs very seriously in terms of like, this is their life, right? You know, they, they're given everything they, they got to like the company. For me, when I look at it, like, especially graduating in OA and then going into a workplace with all this like volatility, you don't know, you see layoffs, you see like always talks of recession, you see people again, restructure it out. And I think maybe in a sense, I'm jaded in a way that I don't feel like I owe it to companies that I work for besides the time that they tell me to because at the end of the day, you can put in 20, 20 years of your life there. But, you know, when you quit on them, you, you feel so bad. You're like, oh, man, I'm quitting on these people, on, on this company. But they wouldn't, like, you know, blink if they have to cut you. You know, you're just a number to them. You know, if, you're, if you cost too much, someone else is going to come in and do it for cheaper. Or I'll search it to India. Right. And I've, I've seen both of those things happen during my, my career. I've seen the outsourcing thing happen. Um, and I've also seen, like, my current company, the um, basically the closing of our office. Um, I, I, I've seen both sides. There is no loyalty these days. And you could, you could basically slave for that company and still not get any sort of reward in the end. Uh, it, it's it's a cutthroat world. It's a cutthroat business, and really, there is no loyalty anymore. Uh, on the Hong Kong or the Asian side, you know, one of the guys I work with, every single time we're on a call, I could hear his like his baby crying in the background. Right, this guy must not live in such a big space. Like, there's not a lot of space to live, and basically, work life kind of suffers. And I don't know if if I later on if I'm have, starting a family. If I want to have that kind of stuff going on. 
you know, Hong Kong's great to work as a single professional, but if you have a family, it's horrible, I think. Um, maternity leave is only two and a half months. Uh, like you said, the living space is probably 300, 400 square foot max, right? Two bedroom. Um, so benefits not that much. Tax is lower, but uh, so again, single professional, great. You get to party. The party is great over there. Drinking is great over there. But if you have a family, I would probably suggest you move out. Actually, I found drinking there pretty expensive. <laughs> we went to the more expensive area. That is also why. <laughs> but the party there is definitely uh, it's good. So if I if I come and visit, would you show me around? Oh, definitely. Would you even? You get me? so much girl. Would man. you even show me the time? Why? Again? Why would he get girls, Stephen? He's rare. He's like exotic. Why? 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 why is he rare? You don't I don't know why, but <laughs> he's tall. He's athletic. Uh, you don't see color, right? So I don't. What other? What else about me? Well, I don't see color, but you know the, these these locals, they may not have that experience before, right? So they'll be like, "Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god." All right, so we'll just leave it at that then. Yeah, you good, or you want to keep going? Oh, I, I can keep going. Right, but do you have anything? You, you do you still want to go on with your Leafs Vegas on a strip thing? Oh, oh yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, before we we started broadcasting, I think well, seventy minutes ago, Leafs were losing three nothing to. The Vegas Golden Knights. I don't know what the current score is. I think Steve's going to fill us in on what the score is. Um, the Vegas Knights have been very... Um, they've been the story of the NHL year, essentially. The fact that... Third in the Pacific, I think, last time I checked. I think they might be near the top or maybe at the top of the Western Conference or near the top. But no one expected them. Well, no one except for Tom. Hashtag Vegas strong. Hashtag Tom uh, hashtag TK, TK table. TK table. Um, Check that IG out. Um, no one but him expected them to be, amongst our friend groups, expected them to be any good. But these guys, you know, built off of a few teams' mistakes, especially the Florida Panthers, you know, releasing like Riley Smith, uh, I f- I feel Jonathan that... Marsha Show. Yeah. You've got um, the Bruins giving up on Malcolm Subban, and then mm. he just lands there and then becomes like a stud right away. And then you got all these players plus their coach that's got like a chip on their shoulder, essentially. Yeah. Like, the coach was fired again out of Florida. Florida's made a ton of mistakes. They sent that guy home in a taxi. A guy called his own cab to like go home, right? Yeah. Like I, I think part of it is the fact these players have revenge on their mind. The other fact is that they're ridiculous record at home because ain't nobody going to Vegas and not partying the night before. Yeah, I feel. Yeah, a lot of their players are people that were fringe NHLers, right, to begin with. And this is their one chance to kind of prove it. Right, like Brendan Leipzig. Are we losing losing still? It's 5-3. Leafs are trailing in the third. Yeah. Like players like Brendan Leipzig, um, borderline NHL players like, um, who else am I thinking about? Like some most of their defense. Yeah. Well, whatever. I, don't, I still don't think they're going to be winning any cups to begin with. So, watch them win it this year, and I'll have to eat my words. The Leafs even stayed off the strip on this trip. Um, you know, the coach, the coach said, you know, we're going to stay off the strip. We want to try to avoid all the distractions. But I think it also may have had an opposite effect. Like, these players are looking forward to this trip all year, and now you're staying off the strip. Now you're all sad. And then you go into the game and you basically lay an egg in that first yeah. period and allow three goals. Um, and then I think 
I think what was said is that if they did well, they would get to stay. And if not, they, they're going home. I guess they're going straight home. Well, half the teams can't even go drink because they're under 21. Oh, yeah. <laughs> True. So, yeah. Whatever. Screw the Knights. I think that's pretty bullshit, though. <laughs> like, the whole staying off strip thing. Because I, I feel like these professional players, um, when they go to specific cities... I've heard stories if you go to New York, you go to Texas... Yeah, they they go out partying regardless, though, right? So why you go why to just, Toronto? You go, yeah, Toronto too. apparently is a big party scene, right? Yeah, or Montreal or, or Vancouver, the right? Rock, yeah. The Roxy. So that, why why aren't they banging the players for, for those cities? Why just the strip? Like, I don't. I think it's because of the sensation of Vegas and their home record right now, and, and everyone used to joke about it in the off season, like they're going to go forty one and zero at home. It's starting to trend that way, like their crazy home record. I also think, though, because the NHL, the way they set up the expansion draft, they did set up Vegas for success. Well, I th- yeah, I was reading somewhere, like, in previous expansion drafts, it was a lot, a lot tighter, the rules. Yeah, yeah you're, you're looking at, like, um, was it teams back in the day? They didn't have to deal with, like, the salary cap, so they're not making decisions due to monetary reasons. Also, they're the only team that's there versus, like, when Columbus, Minnesota joined. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it was a couple of handful, like, you know, two teams are joining at the same time, like Ottawa and Anaheim, when they joined. Mm-hmm. And then... Atlanta joined, and they relocated, like, what, five years later? <laughs> right. So. Yeah, like, the windows to dominate nowadays is, like, so different than pre-salary cap, right? So... Uh, yeah, I tend to agree. Um, they were set up for success, and I'm actually glad to see them having some degree of success. I w- I'm, I'm hoping that the fans actually stay and keep going to the games, and that, you know... Um, they can still generate some interest and not end up like a Carolina or like a Florida uh, after all those years. Man, you, you know how I feel about like, you know, professional sports and their crazy, sal- you know, like the salary that players are making. It's, it's pretty hard to sustain. How are they doing all these like couple mil, especially we're, we're not even talking about hockey. Hockey at least has a hard cap going. But you're looking at like, you know, MLB. Mm-hmm. How... There's like a hundred, hundred, what, hundred sixty games every single year that each team plays. Yeah, one hundred sixty-two. Yeah, and majority of the time when you go, you know, when we go during the middle of the week, you know, Skydome's not filled to the max unless right. it's like late in you know September and we're actually making a run to the postseason. It's you can get seats for like what fifteen bucks. I think though for those leagues, they they they're not dependent on gate revenue. It's mostly the TV. Revenue, yeah, but except if you're CFL, and yeah, yeah, how else are you to get get that kind of like an NBA, right? Was it like a billion dollar TV deal? Where where to get that kind of money from ESPN? Yeah, but ESPN's like marketing or advertising, yeah, revenue can't even be that large, right? It's it's kind of no, that's a good question. I think ESPN might because they have a lot of other venue uh, avenues, right? Like they have a lot of other sporting avenues, yeah, they might have a billion, I don't know. People stream nowadays, so do they get their money off these like NBA League Pass or NHL Center Ice or Game Center or whatever it's called? How much do you pay for like it an NBA Pass? It goes to the league though, right? The League Pass, not GSPN. It might go to the league, but it might be some sort of like you know revenue sharing or whatever, where some of the teams get some of the the. Um, Is it like fifty fifty? I'm not sure. Owners and oh, players. I'm, I'm not. I'm not all too sure. Oh, I didn't know that, huh? No, I don't really care. What a ridiculous thing. Like, I love sports and all, but sometimes these salaries get so crazy. 
right the salaries are crazy like the the fact that these owners and these gms are paying these these players so much money and then then they turn around and mm. say i want a new arena built i don't want to tax pay, i don't want to pay for it so let's get the city to pay for it and again to a spew, they usually get their way right unless they want that team to move out of the city and i think a few nfl teams have had this happen in the last few years yeah. mm. uh, where the team just packs up and goes so they can get like a brand new arena um most recently um there's been discussion about calgary calgary flames moving because they can't get the city to pay for an arena out of calgary out of calgary yes no way yeah to where though did they say i don't know seattle maybe seattle's ramping up to get a team yeah i don't think it's gonna seriously happen yeah there's no way they're gonna allow that to happen because well you think about it like they're paying these players all these money like the huge contracts but honestly close to half of that contract goes back taxed right they gotta figure out you know, like the federal government wants that money. Maybe the municipality has to go and reach out to the federal government or the provincial, wherever the trickle down comes to, right? And be like, hey, at the end of the day, this company here is keeping so-and-so number of people employed. Like if this whole thing goes, right? I know it's it looks bad that we're paying mm-hmm. for it, but at the end of the day, they are getting taxed like half of it. Right. And it's really going back into the system. They get those associated industries getting that money mm-hmm. off that team when you think about that team being present in that in that uh, city, not only everyone who works in the arena and all the staff, the bars, uh, the bars, yes. the bars, merchandise sales, like it's really a, a kind of a boost to the economy to have that team around in the first place. Yeah, so they they just gotta figure out how they can get that money or give it back to the owners, I guess. Yeah, I I I, I agree with you. I just don't agree with these the owners kind yeah. of holding these these cities ransom. Uh, over over these arenas, I know we've seen the drama in in uh, Arizona with the Coyotes and the city of Glendale, and that saga. Don't even get me started on that saga. Um, but to see it happening like to the the Flames or whoever else, um, whoever else is crying for a new arena. Um, the Oilers just got a new arena. Uh, Detroit just got a new arena. I'm pretty sure there's there's some things Detroit could have spent money on that would be like. Uh, Michigan could have spent some money on some clean water for Flint uh, <laughs> or something. But say if you were a tax player, payer, right? Say in Calgary, you don't like hockey, you don't watch the Flames, and then you're suddenly being told some of your tax money is going towards this new arena that you don't give a shit about. Yeah, that's a like, shitty thing about right? living in uh, in a democratic society, right? Yeah, yes and no. Just because, you know, um, there's many tax dollars that, you know, say, for example... You know you're well off and you're well off and um, you can pay for your own like health care or whatever and you're paying taxes so that someone else who doesn't um, have as much money as you or, or as much opportunity as you can get like free services or welfare or social services but I mean people don't look at it the same as paying for like a sports arena right but at the same time all your tax dollars most of your tax dollars you're probably not seeing benefit from directly it's probably going towards someone else True. whether it's going towards child care or education or or uh, health care or whatever yeah can talk about that like you know tax money on a completely can spend an hour yeah. easily i would love to it. hear your tax planning strategies in the next podcast the tax, when I'm in Hong Kong. tax man Correct. so i mean well no like it's just like <laughs> man the way that tax money spent yeah you know but 
yeah well, then again like I'm, I'm a fairly young guy like i haven't seen much of the world i don't know how things work it's just you know there's this one person that talks about like you know got people in their 20s trying to you know like these university students trying to fix the world but when they can't even fix themselves you know i don't want to get into that situation i can only tell you what i would do but again always we have fine prints saying that this is clearly you know an uneducated not backed up by anything minus my nutritional diet advices right you can talk about that in the next podcast as well. I think we could save that for the next. Yeah, next yeah, for podcast. sure. Save it for you know when you're not here, because I know you have nothing to contribute to this conversation. <laughs> I'll leave comments in the next podcast. Yeah, but I think it's good. This has been a good pod. Yeah, it's long. I, I tend to agree. Hour, an hour and a half almost. We will have to edit out those parts where you cried for a commercial break. Um, think about it, though. You guys can be more creative with your breaks, like. You know? I'm probably the least creative person in the world. So, I mean... I Aren't you in marketing? You. I am, but maybe not for much longer. Uh, <laughs> <so>. <laughs> I mean, we throw in a couple of sponsors like, you know, Perrier Water. Please don't sue us, Perrier. Yeah. Thank you for <laughs> hydrating us by providing us with grapefruit flavors, but <laughs> with zero calories. Drink Perrier Water. So, yeah. All right. Why don't you give us your website link so our listeners can go check out your, your blog. Eatsomechoy.com All right. Everyone, make sure to eat some choy. Eat some choy. Damn it. All right. Happy New Year's. Peace. Damn it, Justin. Did you listen to the podcast yet?